right, Tom. How's it going? Yeah, just just about alive after that. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I have to say my faith in United coming into the game wasn't super high. My faith in Val Baker mm. scoring a penalty. <laughs> that was... I mean, he scored twice for United. They're both rebounds. I was like, can you rebound off a pen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my faith in De Gea saving a penalty as oh, well absolutely. probably Zero. at a similar level. And, it, it, yeah. and he didn't, so... No, he didn't. Has he ever saved a pen? I mean, he must have done. He must, I, I remember he has. saved one from Leighton Baines in a game against Everton a few years ago where he had an absolute worldie dive into his right. But, I mean, that stands out like a sore thumb because I can't remember any of this off the top of my head. Yeah. United's record going into penalty shootouts before this was one win in nine. Mm-hmm. And that's against Rochdale. Yeah, and the and the commentator said on BBC, I guess the wouldn't be in the feed you was you were watching, but Davinson Sanchez, not Davinson Sanchez, Robert Sanchez, Robert. who was in goal for Brighton today, was actually in goal for Rochdale that day as well. Very coincidentally, yeah, he's he didn't manage to save one either, and he's a big fucker, isn't he? Yeah, he also gets in the Spain squad, unlike De Gea, unlike Dave. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's more terrifying after this. The, the, I mean, I, going into it, I wasn't sure what was more terrifying, the prospect of losing a semi or the prospect of losing to City to complete the double of their treble winning season or something like that. I mean, mm. it can create a lot of doom and gloom scenarios. But I suppose now we have the chance to stop them winning a treble, right? It's in our own hands. Yeah, I was thinking that when, when Lindelof was stepping up, I was like, yes, we're going to have the opportunity to lose to City in the final and like Brighton. Because like to, that's just how it feels, isn't it? You watch that game and it's like these whatever team gets through, like there's not really, it doesn't feel like there's going to be much chance against this, the, a City playing like this at the moment. I know that's like doom and gloom after we've just won a semi-final. You'd really, you're really happy that we're in the FA Cup final, but... It's just, yeah, just seeing that performance and the way that we see the possession in the way that we did, we, we, the way that we allowed them so many openings, which, which City yeah. would just be clinical with. Like Matoma, it was so many times where just a better touch, they would have scored. And under the guy who came on, who's been terrible all season, like they got from Belgium, yeah. like. And like was he, terrible when he came it, on, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was going to be the guy who missed the penalty before about Vegkos. I was like, wow, you're stepping up third, fair play. But yeah, if if we play like we did today, we'll get be- we'll get beaten three or four, five nil. We really, yeah. Would. I, I think. Well, I mean, you're right because because City are just a better version of Brighton mm. in terms of their style, with more clinical players, better players. I, I, the disappointing thing from United, I mean, obviously, I don't want to get onto some theme of doom because United are through and we've got a cup final to look forward to and that's great but the disappointing thing from United was not that they see the possession because I kind of suspected that had happened difficult game against Sevilla only 72 hour turnaround <laughs> loads of injuries all of that I, I, I kind of felt United would try and play in the transitions it's just they didn't make enough of those transitional moments no. Rashford seemed really flat everything good came through Bruno but there wasn't much good around him yeah and and, and Anthony tried didn't he I think like on Thursday it felt like Anthony was the only one who really kind of tried to step up the plate on Thursday and I feel like he tried again today and he he is a trier like for all his faults he's a trier 
he, he was great last Saturday. I thought he was really good on Thursday, our best player. And and today he tried, but it was just it was just kind of the, a similar kind of scenario that we've seen a bit too much from him this season, where he, he just was having one of those days where everything quite wasn't quite going right for him. Like he cut in a couple of times, and and his shot at the end was just not quite good enough. But at least yeah. he was getting on the ball more than anyone else. Like like you say, Rashford was really flat on the other side. He just didn't look fit. Martial didn't look fit. Like, and then, like you say, Bruno was the one creating things, but this just wasn't enough quality around him. But I, that's the problem where we are at this stage of the season, where we're having to play. It was needs must that Martial and Rashford both played today because right. the players on the bench, like Sancho, have just not been good enough. You can't rely on them. And obviously, no, right. course, you can't rely on him either. So you have to be playing these players who have who have got knocks. Not enough games, not enough minutes, probably not quite fit. I mean, Martial hobbled off on Thursday. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether that was just muscle memory from him. He was like, oh, I'm leaving the pitch. I must be injured. Yeah. Or whether he was actually injured. But yeah, and Rashford was f- so flat today. He just can't be, he can't be fit. So uh, he was, he was mean, really, was... it was really weird though, because like in extra time, he actually came alive, didn't he? It was like, I guess maybe like the more space that was afforded to everyone in the game because the game became very broken in extra time. Right. And maybe that allowed him to kind of seize on the opportunity of having a little bit more space. And he had obviously had a couple of shots, one really well saved by Sanchez and the other one just, just sliced wide. But yeah, when the game was had a bit more pattern about it, it was just, unable to get in it and like I say it just didn't look fit yeah the the game started off in a kind of interestingly predictable fashion didn't it with Brighton playing out from the back and and, you know he took advantage of that in a couple of times Mm. a couple of times turned over the ball but actually most of the time they were very comfortable doing that one two turn it around the corner United don't have a second press at all I think I think that's I suspect that's because no one trusts the back four to play high enough up the pitch to not leave like 60 yards between the, the second line and the defence. So Brighton were, mo- for the most part, like able to play it out and out yeah. to wide areas pretty comfortably in a way that United generally can't. I mean, it, I suppose it's some irony that Lindelof and Shaw as a centre-back pairing, it's pretty unlikely, but they're much more comfortable playing the ball out than than Maguire and anyone. Yes. So it, I think it was, it, was, it was a real like contrast in... in in styles in the way that we the, the the two teams built out from the back and I think that for us just all starts from the Haya. he's such a problem yeah like he made that great save from that young Paraguayan lad whose name escapes me and I, but that kind of just encapsulates the problem really he can he can still pull off these worldy saves from time to time but with the ball at the, his feet we can't play the same way Brighton can play because we can't have a goalkeeper like that like and I'm not saying that Sanchez is the best on the ball he got dropped earlier in the season by for Steele because he he's not as great on the ball but compared to De Gea he's still better and he still makes the Spain squad because he can play with the ball with the ball better than De Gea but De Gea's yeah we've we have to move on like Thursday was a, a prime example of course but today I think even more so like th- there wasn't even because of what happened on Thursday, it was like, for, so today we're not even going to attempt to play out. And it just meant that for the whole 
what, for about 60 minutes of the game, the last 30, we actually looked like the better team. And there's 10 or 15 minutes towards the end of the first half where we looked like the better team. But for the rest of it, we just couldn't build any attacks. Like yeah. every, every single time De Gea gets the ball, he just hoofs it long. If they win well, a second ball... Because, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, yeah, so he hoofs it long. It's a 50-50 after that. Or he goes short and your heart's in your mouth because you just can't trust him to play the right ball. It's not just that he might miscontrol it like he did against Sevilla. It's that you can't trust him to play the right ball into the, the right man and make the right decisions under pressure. It just It just doesn't do it. He's... He's one of the worst in the league. And the, or the data all shows that. I know it's really hard, like, doing data analysis on goalkeepers. But in terms of his possession, short, long, whatever, any kind of situation, it's he's one of the worst in the league. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, not to, like, harp on about him too much, but it's such a big, pivotal position mm-hmm. and... and and so central to the way that Ten Hag does want to play. And he really, really does want United to build from the back and control the game and dominate the game. And you're right, we can't do it with with Dave there. And I, it just as his, um, as the rest of his game has has kind of slipped away a little bit, Dave, whether he makes mistakes or not, he's, he's not claiming balls, dealing with situation, making as many saves as he wants did, even though he still does make very good saves mm-hmm. it is the rest of his all-round game doesn't justify their inability to allow united to play the way they want to justify him having in in the team and i think the reason why they're so keen to get him on the contract it is clearly financial it's to save on his wages and it's to not have to spend however many tens of millions to get another keeper it's Anyway, it'll be it'll be a compromise until United move on, I suspect. And it was today. Yeah, but it's it's a huge compromise because football has evolved to such a state where a goalkeeper is so pivotal to to the attacking system, really. Because if if a goalkeeper can't play out from the back, it, it, you you have to develop an attacking system which compromises that and. It's not even like it's not even just like his ability to pass, like find the man, and like you say, the miscontrols as well. But it's the way that he passes. He passes so bobbly. It's like the Maguire one in on Thursday was such an encapsulation. He bobbles it into the the player rather than just like passes the ball smoothly across the floor. Which, like, I mean, even Sanchez today does that. Like it's it falls smoothly, so it's easy for the defender to take a touch, and it sounds it sounds like annoyingly simple when you when you spell it out like this, but it's the way that he passes the ball, and yeah. and we, we, it's it's I don't even I almost think at this point like we could just buy like a twenty million pound guy who can pass the ball a little bit, and I don't know, almost like a mid tier keeper because. I feel like I feel like it's that important, and I guess the better you become, the less you would be reliant on a on a shot stopper anyway. Really, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as doing like a Claudio Bravo that City did, where they were just like so yeah. desperate to to move on from Joe Hart. They bought a keeper who can't actually save a shot, but like I don't know, like someone like Bryce Samba at Lons, who was at Forest last season, like he's been one of 
French League's best keepers this season. He's just recently got in the French squad. He wouldn't cost a lot of money. And he's great yeah. on the ball. Like I, I'm almost thinking that even if you just buy in that kind of player to challenge Dave for next season, if that's what you, if you really rely, if you're really going to say we're going to save, we're going to keep the hair for another batch of years, and we've got twenty, only 20, 15, 20 million to spend, just get in a player, who, a goalkeeper who can really play with the ball and see what see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. Since we're on the, this theme, Mike Mignon at Milan has been excellent this season. He's always been a very good keeper, mm-hmm. but he's not been in a high-profile league before. Obviously, he's come out of the shadows for the French national team. Now Loris has retired, and he is really excellent on the ball, as well as being a good keeper, and they got him for free. Yeah, and and and, and it's not like last summer I was jumping up and down, go inside, Mike Mignon. But, <laughs> but with hindsight... That would have been a a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah, a freebie. Well, and so, and also, it's anyway. not it's not on you. Like, <laughs> like no, but, but no. we we have scouts there who should be doing this job. Like, yeah, like, there are people that should be going. Oh, this guy. We've got a second choice who's just going out on loan to to Forest. We need a second choice anyway. This guy, in two or three years, he could challenge the hair for the spot, top spot. He's a free transfer. Like it ticks so many boxes. And, but yeah, we never seem to, that doesn't really seem to happen that much for United. Ericsson obviously did happen last summer, but that was kind of, it was an obvious one because it was in the league. It was very easy for the you, scouts to You didn't to need see. a lot of scouting yeah, to, exactly, to sort yeah. that one out, Whereas you? like this, these kind of ones, they never really happen. Yeah. And the thing is, if, if for example, Brighton lost Robert Sanchez, and I'm definitely not suggesting he's United's answer. I don't think he is. They would find a keeper from the Paraguayan third division yeah. who was miles better than him somehow. Yeah, they were. So, I mean, Enciso came into the side today. He didn't have his best game today, but he's been good in recent weeks. I like, it's like every week they turn up with a play you've absolutely never heard of, and they produce some jujitsu to get around the 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 work permit laws somehow yeah. <laughs> and it's just another absolute star in the making i mean talking to which casado today i mean he was he was so good wasn't he him and him and mcallister yeah. and who's the third guy in the brighton midfield i'm forgetting now in CISO, mcallister and casado yes, yes. the three of them bossed that midfield mm-hmm. which if you said hey would a midfield of casemiro erickson and bruno be better than whatever three that Brighton could turn out. You wouldn't say that would normally be the case, but they were lots better. Yeah. So, and completely dominating midfield as a result, like for almost the whole game and United's shot count. I, would, I haven't actually looked at this, but I would imagine most of them came from transitional moments. Mm, felt like it. So, yeah, yeah. McAllister's awesome, isn't he? I mean, we've been linked with him a, a lot recently and you can see I don't know what to make of him. I always think he's like a water carrier, but as soon as they move him a bit further forward in yeah. midfield, he suddenly comes to life, doesn't he? He's so like he's that for Argentina as well in the World yeah, Cup. It, he's a bit more than a water carrier. And, and Casado's an all-rounder. He's, just, he's really press-resistant. He carries the ball really well. His passing's good enough for the kind of player he is. I think you can see why Arsenal were apparently prepared to spend £70 million in the winter for him. Mm-hmm. And he will go for a huge figure this summer if that's what Brian decide to do. So It's crazy, isn't it? Because they sell Basuma and then they just end up just replacing him with, with someone. I know. Just and, 
I, I remember who's the Tim Vickery, the the BBC South American correspondent, and when Casado went to Brighton for five million, super young, and he was like, "This guy's going to be brilliant," and everyone else was like, "Who? Never heard of him." But, but that, that's the thing, though. Like, th- this is what frustrates me. Like, you've got people like that out there who are saying these things. I'm not saying that our scouts should be listening to Tim Vickery, but I'm saying that our scouts should be doing this work as well. And you look at Mike Matoma. I, I, bet, I didn't obviously didn't watch the Japanese league, so I didn't. I've never heard of Matoma before. He came to Brighton, but you look at his stats, like from last season, and you look how many goals and assists he got in the Japanese league. I think it was his first or maybe second season in the Japanese league, and he'd scored that many goals. Automatically, you think that should be like ping, ping, pinging off the radar, and that's when I think like Brighton's strategy is obviously really smart and it's really good. But it's also it's quite obvious. Like if a guy this if if a guy in his second season in Japan is scoring this many goals, it's a decent league. It's obviously exporting a lot of good players at the moment. And and then and you see that as pinging up, and you just go, yeah, we'll take a shot on this guy for like three or four million. What's what have we got to lose? Yeah, I mean, I guess the thinking is that you do that. Maybe they don't get in the team because. There is a bigger name player, in theory, a better player, and they don't get the exposure. And 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 I, I suppose we've tried a couple with Palestri yeah. and Ahmad, who are younger players, or, or not that Ahmad was cheap, but have the talent and aren't getting enough games. So it, it, it there is a challenge there. But yeah, yeah, I got a huge scouting network, huge. They had to build it up from it having sort of atrophied for a while. And maybe maybe we'll see the dividends in years to come. It's hard to, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because last summer Murto was in place finally, full time director of football, but it was his first real transfer window. The winter there was no money, and last summer was very driven by Ten Hag's personal needs, desires, and then sort of a second choice once they couldn't get Frankie De Jong in in pulling off Casemiro. This one will be a big one, but. It's in the shadow of a takeover. So, like, how they can plan <laughs> with a takeover, maybe, maybe not happening, it's hard to say. Anyway, I we're th- sort of getting away from the football, aren't we? But it's it's so integral to everything we just saw on the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, and it's so. just like comparing the two clubs is it's is, is just very stark in the approach. Obviously, we ended up going through today, but, like, it, it's it's kind of pure intelligence versus pure stupidity in, in the in the two in the two ways that the clubs have been run over over recent times. I and mean, obviously we've you look at the two teams on paper, we've got a much better side on paper than them. But the reason why the game was like it was today is because of the overall structure of the two clubs. Like yeah. that it, it, obviously we're not specifically talking about what happened on the pitch, but it it, it is just an like that is the reason why it looks like it is today really, because of their transfer policy, which is immense. And I guess in some respects, it's, it's probably a little bit easier sometimes to, to be a smaller club that, like like you say, if, if bringing Matoma to United wouldn't be that easy to do because you put him in the, the squad, there's so much more pressure on him, it's sink or swim. Whereas at Brighton, things are a little bit easier. You can you do have a little bit more time to bed in. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a little more ease and with the transition, but there's still, 
you still look at City, for example. City are ran the same way as, as Brighton in, in many respects. They're ran with... But with a big, much bigger budget. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we should be, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, absolutely. not quite the budget of City, obviously, but we still should be run in the same way. I mean, you know, you've got a huge budget uh, and, and, and just blown it and, and, and don't have a huge transfer budget, even though the free cash flow is good at United because we've spent stupid money overpaid for players and bought bad players and and uh, you do that enough years in a row and it really does catch up with you a- anyway sorry <laughs> <laughs> United three do a cup final that is, that is that is great right and, can you uh, tell can you tell may- by your demeanor? I know I know I mean, I feel sorry for Ten Hag because he's trying, he's compromising all of yeah. the time, isn't he? And that's <laughs> yeah. every single manager that has been a manager under the Glazers' ownership has had to compromise. Fergie was brilliant, and that was his. That was that was the compromise, right? Fergie's brilliant, <laughs> and even he was given Michael Owen and Gabriel Obertan, right? Yeah, and and then since then, no one has been able to do that, and I, I think. In Ten Hag, we've got the right man. Most of the time, he's making the right decisions, but there's square pegs in round holes or players with injuries or he's having to play too many or he's having to tinker with systems or he's having to play Dave when he wants to play out from the back and all <laughs> of these things. And he's constantly compromising. And and today, after Severe, the disappointments get through 120 minutes to to somehow get through that. It's like, it's it's big kudos to him. He's, he's somehow got a back five of... De Gea, Bissaka, Lindelof, Shaw and Dallow. <laughs> Come on! It is incredible, isn't it? It is. And I think that's one of, been one of like the biggest biggest things that has made me happy this season is his, his pragmatism, seeing that. Because in, after the first two games, we were, uh, we were all so worried that this guy was just wedded to one style of play. He was going to be like a Ronald De Boer and he wouldn't move away from what, system he wanted to play and we didn't have the players to do it we had Maguire and De Gea just shitting all over the place but this season like he has shown that he's got so much pragmatism and if you start to give these guys this guy the tools and put giving him the round pegs for the round holes then we can become a a, a team who do start to challenge because to have the pragmatism is one thing and then to have all the tactical nows which we've He's clearly got in abundance as well. Like from, you, you just see that from like the, the way that Ajax played, and also the way that he can see a yep. game during during the game and to make subs. It's but like you say, like he's been hamstrung, and then you see the the back four today exactly like it's a perfect encapsulation. And he did that so well last Saturday. Like maybe it didn't work as well today, but I think it was Sunday actually against Forest. But the way that like. The foot that the Dallow was one of the best players on the pitch last Sunday, like playing yeah, in that yeah. inside, back, cha- yeah. yeah, and then yeah. operating inside. Like the way you can make these players so much better. It's just, it's just what what we can do with a squad. And 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 today was it was tough to watch at times because because Brighton had so much of the ball and we only looked good when the game was broken. But yeah. He's kind of doing what he's doing a really good job with what he's got. He is. And and today I think he got the right the first sub right. I mean Ericsson wasn't in the game. And if you know it's not like Fred will ever help you control a game, but if you can't get the ball, yeah. 
there's no point having passes in there. And Ericsson couldn't get the ball. Casemiro obviously got that booking because he just needs to breathe and he gets a booking these days. By the way, uh, I mean, Brian clearly should have had two men sent off. Yeah. Feltman just pulling down Rashford when he's going through. And he gave that a foul the other I mean, way. Unbelievable. And then, and then, who was it that went in under Hale? Was it Stupian? Who, no, Mitoma. Mitoma, yeah, yeah, through yeah. A, yeah, lunge, two-footed lunge. I mean, not even a booking. Anywhere else on the pitch, etc., yeah. and so on. I mean, he was on a booking. That's a red. It's, it's, I mean, he's gone in two-footed. He's gone in it's, so late as well. Like you say, anywhere else on the pitch. It, and people, it's one of those things, isn't it? On a, it's it's so weird. Like a keeper, if you kind of look at them the wrong way when they're trying to catch yes. the ball, it's a free kick. Yeah. But if you go in with two feet, pull out a fucking AR-15 and blow them away... No foul, that's all right, you know? I think I said this before on the pod, but there's, like, different rules for keepers. Like like you say, in both respects. It's like, if you foul a keeper quite hard, then it doesn't matter. Or if the keeper punches your face off, then it doesn't matter because, oh, yeah, he was going for the ball or whatever. Like, it, yeah. Or, you, yeah, you touch your keeper when they're trying to make a catch. Like, it's really weird. But it's, it's obviously... The other thing like you're that. allowed to do, if a striker's taking the shot, manages to take the shot and it's on target or goes wide or whatever, you're allowed to foul them. Yeah, yeah. You, you can do whatever you like to them. Yeah. You can take them out of the kneecaps and then stump all over their face. perfectly all right. <laughs> it, is, it is an unwritten rule. It is okay. Yeah. Really weird. Really weird. The amount of penalties that would happen <laughs> anyway. as well with that, like, it's it's so weird, isn't it? It's just, the players it don't is. even I mean, I guess anymore. the thinking is the ball's no longer under control, but it's clearly a foul. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, going off on the rant there, Fred was the right substitution. Mm-hmm. United United needed needed some energy in there, and I thought he did pretty good for the half an hour plus extra time that he was on. And I mean, he's not he's never going to be brilliant on the ball, Fred. But United just needed that extra impetus, and it it did all right. Yeah. So, and even Sancho when he came on, I think he had a decent he he had a decent extra time, didn't he? And he seemed to work well with Rashford. Yeah, I think I think again because the game was a little bit broken and there was a little bit more space for him to operate in, he did he did look better. Like compared to what it was like on Thursday night, where he didn't have a chance to even take a breath, he was absolutely terrible. So timid, Just terrible. So timid. I mean, I did not feel confident with him taking a short run up, t- taking a pen at Wembley. I was like, oh no, he, he, I could he missed watch. the fight in the Euro final, didn't he? He missed in the Euro final where he kind of passed one back to the team. At Wembley, yeah. yeah. This one was high into the top it was corner. A, you it know? was a great pen, yeah. I, I almost celebrated his more than anyone else because I just felt like he doesn't deserve this. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I have my fair share of criticism for Sancho. Like I say, on Thursday, he was really timid. Yeah, but, of course. But yeah, he's good. And I think a lot of players look better when there's a lot of space around because they can, yeah. like, yeah, they can deal well with a broken game and he is good in that scenario. But it's just, yeah, compared to Thursday night, I mean, anything was better than that. Yeah. Who else did we have come on, Cheney? We had Malassia and Vout. Sabitzer as well. <laughs> and Sabitzer, Vout. My God. I, I mean, I didn't think he'd score his pen. Although he scored one for Holland, didn't he, in the World Cup? Yeah. But, I mean, he's straight... He, He's trying to ball well. Yeah. For that. I mean, I'd like 12 yards out, long range for him. <laughs> it is, it is like, I was thinking, I keep thinking this, like, that man that we saw in that semi-final of the, the quarter-final of the World Cup, I mean, yeah, he didn't do that much, but, like, 
I can't think of a player that we have in, in our squad who I would want to pass a free kick to in the 120th minute less than Valve cost. But like Argentina did, I think it was actually the 90th minute, but like Holland did it in that quarterfinal. It's like, he just, I don't know. It's just like a different person to me. He's just like a bumbling fool up there. Like just the way, like he, there's a couple of occasions where he, he gets the ball and turns and then he's, touch is so bad like an elephant and it's like bouncing away or like he's he, he gets to the touch that's really bad and then he like tries to play an outside of the foot pass and it goes straight to the defender it's just he doesn't do anything right apart from run like he's good at running yeah so slow so is well yeah i was gonna say like so is mo farah but at least mo farah is quick that's true he's had some help allegedly <laughs> on that can we yes he still won't get drug tested they wouldn't believe it (laughs) that's right epo no (laughs) no every question i mean it is it is hard to like pick apart this game isn't it because it was so it was really low quality and and even the atmosphere even though it was actually pretty full Mm -hmm. not full full because obviously wembley bond holders never turn up (laughs) such a bad look it, there was at least a bit of an atmosphere, but it was hard to really get the crowd going because the game was so flat or low quality. Or at the moments it felt like it was going to get high quality, it got broken up. And like second half of that first half, really low quality for like ten or fifteen minutes. It's just hard to get things going in the crowd. Better than City yesterday because <laughs> neither City or United fans, Sheffield United fans, could bother turning up. <laughs> it. It's weird, Wembley. Like, I think I said this after the Barcelona game that like it always feels like there's when you look at pitches and that 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 some feel bigger than others, and you and then you look at the dimensions and they're all the same. Yeah, Wembley pitch. I don't know if it's like the grass that makes the ball move like move slowly, but you, you think back to like games at Wembley none of them ever seem to have a quick tempo end-to-end kind of game it's just always really slow really methodical like the atmosphere is a bit dead like they always seem to be boring I don't know if and it feels like the pitch is big or like but it, it's clearly not like I, I don't know if it is just like the the, the grass it's the same size as old Trafford yeah. and I don't know if it's yeah. like the grass that it's like just really thick or like spongy but the yeah. the games there are usually so slow and almost in always boring. I mean, like even from the first Wembley final we had there, which was that United Chelsea one where Drogba scored right at the end. Yeah. Like that game was just terrible, and and every game almost since that has been terrible. Even like the Leicester when they won the FA Cup final a couple of years ago, they yeah. always seem to be slow and boring. And like today was just quite similar. Like you think to like the game itself, like there was no kind of moments where it was like end to end. It was no moments where you like, it gave a chance for the the fans to get off their seats. And I don't think the fans were bored by any respect, but there was nothing to really like get people on the edge of their seats. And then towards the end, like you could tell there was just like a nervous energy in the crowd. The last half an hour, there always is an extra time. And it was like, and there was no real massive chances either way. Like De Gea made a great save in yeah. one half, and then Davinson, keep saying Davinson, Robert Robert Sanchez made a great save in, in extra time. But 
apart from that, there was there wasn't really that many things actually going on. And that's what's weird about football. You can watch it for 120 minutes and you think, all right, I can't really remember what, much of what, what went on then. No, I know. Only 11 shots on target. And it's hard to remember that many, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there were a few from Anthony, which kind of dribbled across the floor. That's true. He had he had one good one that Sanchez went to his right to save yeah. when he cut inside a low shot. Yeah. The one trick pony, not quite one trick. There was a couple of times where he hit the ball with his time. right foot today. He put a really good crossing with his right at one point. He oh. did. He beat his man and put a crossing with his right. And I, was, I was like, what witchcraft is this? I was thinking when he when he hit that, I was like, Where like where has that been? Like either you've just not you're too scared or you've like You've done some incredible training there over the last three months, kid. Because that was that was beautiful. Yeah. That was better than my right foot. And half time orange is working, I think. Yes, maybe. Yeah. So, right, clearly, clearly, clearly not. There's some more science to it than that, folks. <laughs> I think that water so, bottle that they yeah. had in Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm going to really. It's so simply simple that it's dumb, isn't it? But the idea that as a professional football, you can't work on obvious weaknesses. Mm. I mean, look, of course you can. Yeah. Like Dave passing a 10-yard ball straight. I always think this Anthony about, like... crossing a ball with his right foot. I always foot. think this about, like, Wan-Bissaka. Like, surely just, I don't know, stay behind after training at half an hour to try and work on your crossing. I've never seen him... That's like, true. can't be that hard. Can it? Gary Neville did it. He talked about it. He was a poor crosser of the ball. He stayed behind after training... He puts 100 crosses in. He got better towards the end of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Facts. Really true. good. Like he could, and also like Gary Neville could could cross the ball in a few different ways as well. He used to do that great little stand-up ball towards the end of his career. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really understand how you can't work on that really. Because <laughs> it's like for, for a right can. back, it's, <laughs> it's obviously so vital. Like, and it's, it's not that hard to work on it. Like, and also like I say, as this, as someone who plays a very low standard football, I can chip a ball into a box, like, and at least try it. Like I've never seen like one Bissaka, like chip the ball. He always kicks the ball with the inside of his foot. He rarely, rarely ever kicks the ball with his laces. And even if he's having a shot, right, he yeah. does the same thing. He had a great yeah. opportunity on Thursday and he just like side footed it. Oh, God, it was really poor, wasn't it? Not that it had made a difference. There was a classic one second moment today where he got in caught between two players. They doubled up on him, and he didn't know to go whether to go to the outside or the inside, and he didn't move at all. He was <laughs> completely out of position, yeah. got the wrong side, and then pulled off an absolute worldy miracle <laughs> miracle tackle on Matoma with his wrong foot. And it's just... Yeah. Every single Wan-Bissaka yeah. fault and moment of brilliance in one 10-second thing. And it is, yeah, I mean, brilliant tackle, brilliant. Obviously, he can do that, like like nobody else in football. Mm-hmm. But he got himself the wrong side by being out of position in the first place. He does that so often, doesn't he? Like, And, and it's so frustrating because... Towards the end of his career, when his pace goes, he's going to be dreadful. Oh, my God, yeah. So, Imagine the amount of tackles that he missed times as he loses that athletic ability. Because he'll think that uh-huh. he still has the same athletic ability to, to get to that tackle, which at the moment, like, he's so good at judging when he can make that tackle. Like, the, the Matoma one today is a prime example. So many defenders 
would think that they can make that and won't. But whereas Wambasaka, every time he goes for it, he gets it. But when he loses that athletic ability and he doesn't realise like how much he's lost, he's going to just batter into everyone all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be scary. <laughs> he probably won't be at United by then. Oh, that, I mean, who knows with United? Maybe he'll get another 12-year contract or something. Yeah. Mm. That would not be exciting all if right. Wan-Bissaka is still there in like five or six years. Jesus Christ. I'd be surprised. I'd be, I'd be surprised. I mean, there definitely would be takers. If, if he was up for sale this summer, and I'm not sure if he is or not, there would be takers because he's he's got a good enough all-round game. That, and especially for a side that maybe does a bit more defending than United would like to, he'd be a very good purchase. I mean, obviously, Someone like... big fee United paid and and wages might be a problem, but they would get a fee. Someone like Crystal Palace, it'd probably look really good there and then... A... Yeah, and then a stupid team. Yeah, they, they stupid. Just, uh, yeah, we'll come and yeah, buy him. Yeah, we'll come and buy him and not realise that a guy they, can't. They attack. couldn't afford the fee, but just outside the top six kind of side, yeah. might might stand up a fee for him. Yeah, we'll see. All right, is there anything else to say about about this game? So, do anyone we should call out Lindelof? Let's let's call him out. He he wasn't the worst offender on Thursday, even though I offended some people by. Comparing him to a vortex of diarrhea <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> it's like him, Maguire, and De Gea shitting all over each other, which is like, yeah. A, a Pornhub video gone wrong. Oh, God. Once, isn't it? It's, oh, God. Yeah. Lovely picture, Ed. Well done. <laughs> he had a good game today and he scored the winning penalty. So praise yeah, for, lovely ben. for Lindelof. And, and Shaw was great again, I think. Well, great maybe being yeah. a bit harsh, a bit too hyperbole but he was good and also like the fact that he's just coming back from injury to play center half alongside Lindelof he did I thought he did really well I mean he's really composed yeah. at center half you think about the amount of times he's panicked in his career got himself completely out of position at left back I mean obviously much less often in recent years his defending has improved a lot but in in the earlier part of his career he just constantly getting himself out of position yeah. You'd never believe he would become a an accomplished centre half, would he? No, just never yeah. believe that. But it's crazy, it is. isn't it? I think, I think if Rashford hadn't had the season he had, I think you could low key say that Shaw was one of was potentially our best player of the season. Really, he's been like just yeah. just low key, just doing his job every week, and that's what you want from a defender. Really, he does. Yeah, he does things. Like so smoothly at, at centre back, I, I love it. Uh-huh. I love his performances when he plays there, which is yeah, really I mean, weird. You definitely trust him more than oh, Harry. God, yeah, <laughs> I, I was, yes, it's so beautiful that to, to be reminded that he was suspended for today. Yeah, before before the game, I had several football WhatsApp groups blow up going, "He's not even in the <laughs> squad." I was like, "Yeah, he's suspended." <laughs> but, Huge for that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <Is it>? narrative. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there for bonus material. We're going to do a bit of an early preview of the, the cup final, I think. If you like the show, the way you can support us best is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And it really doesn't matter what you say in that review either. You can say you'd rather we talked about Manchester City and Liverpool. Just hit those five stars. Many thanks.
you know, I've got a game on Thursday, right? Am I, yeah, am I right Spurs, saying this? Isn't it? Spurs yeah. on Thursday. Spurs, yeah. Well, they were good today. <laughs> I mean, I think that those two taking points off each other would have been better for United. But wow, I mean, in in a sense, it's for our top four ambitions. It's a good result, isn't it? In a sense, because Spurs are falling away, and that's all. That's all we need, really. One of them to fall yeah. away. I, the the only fear when when a team usually gets spanked like that, they usually come back better in the next game. I'm hoping that this will be one of those where they've got spanked so badly. They've got this interim manager who's crap. They've got a lot of bad players at the moment. I'm hoping it's one of those where they don't end up, yeah, revitalizing themselves for one game. But that that is it's a way, isn't it? And they're is it away? Yeah, it is. Yes. And like Thursday night at that stadium, which is incredible for their for atmosphere, like won't be that easy because you think they'll be like their fans love playing us. They'll be massively up for it. I mean, like I say, considering what happened today and the state of that club right now, and they've been crap all season. Let's be honest. Like, even under Conte, yeah. I, I don't even know how they're even in the hunt. Like, they just kept winning or getting results despite playing terribly. And I feel like today was coming in some respects. Like, Newcastle have been quite good, especially at home recently. But, like, it has been coming, this result, and they've been crap. Yeah, and... yeah. They were really bad against Bournemouth. They weren't very good against Brighton, even though yeah. they won. They were terrible against Everton. Yes. I mean, granted, Everton... Wasn't that yeah, that was uh, that was Keane's last minute belter, wasn't yeah. it? But that, that got Everton the but draw. Yeah, Everton there, had a man sent yeah. off earlier in that game as well, didn't they? That's right. That's right. I mean, Stellini's coming. It's a difficult position for him. Obviously, Conte has been doing his very, very best to get himself sacked <laughs> for quite a long time, and finally managed it. And, and so it's a tough position for Stellini to be in. You, you do wonder, you, you can make an argument, well, will they rally? Will there be a response? It can't be any worse, et cetera, et cetera. It's just with no permanent manager, it looks like the season's ebbing away. A, bit, a whole bunch of those players will be wondering whether they're actually going to be there next season. It, it feels like a difficult position for an interim manager to get his team up yeah. for something like 100% this. I agree. Yeah. It, so I, if I was if I was kind of guesstimating the Spurs' performance, I'd imagine a pretty crap one. But I may be it may just be wishful thinking on my. No, part. I agree. It's it's like you say. It's all the ingredients for a, for another poor performance. There, I'm just there's always this fearful side of me because it's United. If they were playing anyone else, I'd be like Tottenham are going to lose on Thursday. But I'm just all, I'm always fearful that teams just show up against United. But. Yeah, Loris is out as well. He's done his hip. So, not that he's been very good this season either. I was going to say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Dyron Romero looked like they had a really, I mean, obviously only saw goals today, but it looked like they had a really bad time at centre-back today. Romero's an interesting one because he's so talented, but just bloody hot and cold. Very hot at times as well. And dire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The wrong side of that kind of hot. They had a really crappy midfield out today, Spurs. Son's obviously had a terrible season. They took off Saar after 20 minutes today as well. When it was 5-0. 5-0 down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't make all his five subs. Yeah. I did think this when, Mourinho when, the, when have... the commentators were, were talking about, I've never seen a team disintegrate like this. I was thinking, you've not watched United again that recently. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You watched the last 10 minutes yeah, with Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is really hard. I mean, obviously, it'll be up for it because apart from the Arsenal game, this is a cup final. It is, isn't it? And so, also, like the team to, that Harry to, Kane's going to join next season, they probably want to get one on them. Yeah. He's got yeah, to go, he's got yeah, to, go yeah, to a big yeah, club yeah. now. Like I was thinking, just watching him today, I was like, you can't stay at this mess any longer. Surely, You're just wasting your career. Really is. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an interesting one, isn't it, Kane? Because if, if I if I, a friend friend through the show is texting me this week asking, would you Kane or Osman? And and it's if if. If I was thinking about it, I'd rather have a younger player. And I do think Osman's a good fit for what Ten Hag wants. He's like a better version of Anthony Martial, who jumps higher and has a better work rate. Gets injured mm. quite a lot, which is a kind of worry. And this is really his first big season. Obviously, he's scored goals before, but it's the first time he's he's hit more than 20. And it's like, well, it's still a bit of a gamble, as good as he's I been. Think, yeah. Kane is an absolute nailed on, definitely going to score goals at this in this United side. But how long for? Yeah. I think... Uh, and spending a huge amount on a player in his 30s. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny, isn't it? We talk about like, you know, oh, we need to be a smart, intelligent club. And then here we are both like, come on, give us Kane, give us Kane. Hello, give us million Kane. on Kane. <laughs> yeah. I know, but yeah, it's just, it's hard not to think well, that. It's hard not to think cycle, like that. If yeah. it's like, I mean, of course, if it, if, it's, if it's the end of the cycle, if it was like Robin Van Persie, in retrospect, was Ferguson's goodbye mm-hmm. present, yeah. wasn't he? And it felt like a lot of money at the time, 24 million or something for a, a player just past his 30s. But it was transformational as a signing. He was absolutely brilliant that one season. <laughs> and and Kane would probably have the same effect, but this is the beginning of a cycle, not yeah. the end of it. And Ten Hag's trying to... And it would be a lot of older players through the spine of the side. Yeah. If you think De Gea, Varane, Casemiro, Kane, that's, that's, that's a lot of red flags there for me, even though he's brilliant. Mm. So I don't know what the answer is. Probably United won't have any of that money because Joel and Avi will sell out to some vulture capital firm. There'll be absolutely zero money in the summer and we'll be like getting out on a permanent deal. <laughs> is, is that the end of the show? Just should we end on that lovely bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in the cup final, lads, but doom. <laughs> wow. That is funny. <laughs> and true. Yeah. Not probably. And true. Well, I guess I mean, it'd be interesting to see what side United put out. Having played 120 minutes, having had the intensity of that or the disappointment of that game against Sevilla and all the travel and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, Harry's oh, back. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have to worry about pace with Kane. That's the thing. You don't have to worry about pace. He's not going to do him there, but just a half chance is the thing that you worry about. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's a good, good game for him to come back into. Hopefully. I mean, I presume he will come back. Yeah, I was thinking maybe 
Malassia, because obviously Malassia came on today. I'd, I'd like to, well, in an ideal world, Malassia play left back and then Shaw centre back with Lindelof. Shaw inside. I mean, it's more composed, yeah. undoubtedly. And I, I, so. I prefer Lindelof to Maguire, hundred percent. Like I always have, yeah. and like even when I don't think Lindelof's been great for us ever, but I've always preferred him to to Maguire. I, but obviously, Maguire's always been the one who kind of. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the reason. He's ahead in the picking order the for some reason. Yeah, he's got yeah. a big head. That's why he's always ahead in the picking order. It's a very big head. <laughs> <laughs> Had to explain that joke just in case. It's always yeah. better when it takes to explain. It, it is, <laughs> isn't it? I'm quite a fan of stand-up comedy as uh, at some on Thursday night. Don't don't give up the day job. I don't. <laughs> Friendly tip. Oh, <laughs> it was it was very funny actually. It's me and a friend, and it was the Rosebud Baker. I don't know whether you know her. Anyway, she's you know like on the edgy side, and but but has a lesbian audience. This I did not know, and she's straight <laughs> and pregnant. <laughs> and came on saying, "I'm really tired because I'm pregnant. This may be a very oh, bad nice. show." Yeah, it was fine. It was, it was good. But yeah, it's me and a, a mate of mine, so two blokes, and like a hundred lesbians. It's it's a very interesting <laughs> crowd. Wow! As long as you had a good time, yeah. did Excellent. did yeah. Getting away from football <laughs> here, <laughs> as we do. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how this game's going to go Thursday. I, I'd like to think because. Because we do get a response. We sort of got a response today. I mean, I do kind of feel we did well to get through 120 minutes in a reasonably professional manner after Sevilla and and like with all the injuries and assuming everyone's fit. Maybe I'm being a bit too optimistic. I feel like there's a performance coming and, you know, I feel reasonably confident. Yeah, and 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 like you said, like we have done really well to to get through today. As and also you said at the start of the show, like you were very fearful, and I was very fearful going into this game. I thought, I thought in all honesty, we'd lose. I thought the game would go similarly to the way it did go, but they would actually take their chances, which I guess is never to be expected with Brighton because they're always their Achilles heel especially without Evan Ferguson today where I thought it was a big a big miss yeah but yeah we didn't get a big a big, big loss miss. for them but yeah Thursday night you, you think like the way that we performed against Forest and and obviously like Tottenham have got better players than Forest but the way Tottenham are playing at the moment like we could easily go and do a similar type of job on on, yeah. on Thursday night and play a similar way stick to similar type of team that's played today as well really almost probably yeah if they're all fit. almost identical yeah. apart from i'd take Dallow out and and put Malassia at left back just because i think it just makes us too predictable playing that way with with a right sided left back and I'm, I'm surprised it worked so well against forest but in i think in the next two games it hasn't worked very well in in particular and i think to to bring that back on the left side would will make us a little bit better and hopefully Rashford and Marcia with three or four days break they're obviously having to play quite a bit of time today will maybe look a bit fresher maybe bring Sancho in for Marcia if if Marcia isn't up to speed but 
I mean, obviously, Sancho's it's not showing too much at the moment. That's yeah. a problem. But yeah, I think I think there is, like I said, with the, there's all the ingredients there for us to go and do a job on Tottenham, who are who are bad at the moment, for sure. Yeah, and you think that they'll make some changes? You'd imagine. I mean, Richarlison didn't start today. Maybe he yeah. does on Thursday. Davinson Sanchez didn't start. Maybe he yeah, does. but he was getting booed off by their Maybe own fans, his own fans the other week. So, like the, the the culture at that club at the moment is is quite poisonous. <laughs> yeah, well, gotta say it's always been like that at Spurs. So, I mean, every time I went to White Hart Lane, a lot of they are and moaning at that. They? And they expect yeah. they, they expect way too lot. much. Like I, I know there's like Daniel Levy's not done the greatest job in the world. I think he's done pretty well. Like to get a club like that who are for historically historically what they were, small club, they've now got one of the best stadiums in the world. You know, he's magic that out of nothing, and they're constantly challenging for Champions it's, League it's places. Ha- like, it's really impressive. But I think it was almost like they're just. People almost see them as like they should be in the top six. Where I don't, I don't realize, I don't know why they. No, should. history no. doesn't say that, does it? I mean, I think I do. Th- he's made some weird managerial yeah. choices. That's true. I mean, if you take the long arc, obviously they've developed a lot. They're in a much better position than they were, like financially, infrastructure than they were twenty years ago. But the last few years of Conte, Mourinho, what's his name, who lasted Nuno, three yeah. weeks. That was a shock. No. <laughs> yeah, some weird managerial choices. It looks like Poch is going to Chelsea. So, you know, was Spurs going to pick up Nagelsmann? Don't know if that's a good fit or not. Is it like, I'm not sure no, about that. The man has a big ego, doesn't he? So, Very similarly to, well, not quite as big as Conte and, and Mourinho, but he has got a big ego. And I really don't want to see those jackets on the sideline because. Oh, no. No one wants to see that. I mean, that. his. his I don't want to sound like an old man here, but I, I'm not. I'm not loving his his sartorial choices. <laughs> no. And he also skateboards to work, and I don't know if you're able to do that in London. It's way too busy. I mean, the amount of deaths on the road in London yeah. cyclists. So he tries skateboarding there. He's. I mean, it's points, isn't it? For take out skateboarder, that's <laughs> ten points. Well, yeah. I used to th- I used to want United to get an Anglesman a few years ago, but I can't think of anything worse. It's all about him. Well, the Mark stories that came out, yeah, that's what that's kind of what came out. I thought it was weird when Bayern sacked him because I'm like, oh, I mean, like it's not. I mean, it's, by Bayern standards, it's not a great season, but it wasn't. Oh well, yeah, especially when you see how Tuchel's taken over as well. Right, but the stories that came out afterwards about like. The, the skateboarding, the weird choices, the kind of broy culture, yeah. the the fact they didn't seem serious, like none of that. They were all quite big red flags, I think, for a big club. Yeah, definitely. So, and I think it's maybe just like a a bit of immaturity. Like he's the same age as me, like thirty one, yeah. and maybe just a bit of naive. Is he? Th- oh, he's a bit older than that, isn't he? Now I think it's a bit yeah, older now. Yeah, it's like Peter Pan, but. I think it is like a bit of naivety and immaturity and maybe you will grow up, but it's not hard to see that you would develop an ego like that when you've kind of been touted as Germany's next best manager for and a generation or talent for like six or seven years. And you're in charge of loads of men at the age of like 28. It must, it must kind of play with yeah. your ego and it clearly hasn't. Maybe I'm he needs sure. to go on a meditation retreat like Tuchel. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, but what a chance for United to put this this to bed? I mean, think about the opportunities to kind of like ease down a little bit. Like if United beat Spurs nine points ahead with two games in hand, yeah. I mean, yeah, that is it's huge. It's it's such a huge opportunity to to end this season top four, having won the Carabao Cup already in a cup final. I mean, obviously. If City beat us in the cup final, it's not going to feel like that's not going to feel like a good end to the season, is it? Especially if, yeah. But from where United were this time last year, where it was all completely falling apart, it is progress. I'd like it to be better than it. I'd like it, obviously, the progress to be towards challenging for the title, but it's a step forward from where we were. 100%. And I think most people listening to this show, if they were asked if at the start of the season, before those two games that we, that went horrendously, if would you take top four? be in two cup finals, win one of them. I think pretty much everyone would have probably snapped your hand off. If you'd have asked them that after two games as well, they would have definitely snapped your hand off. I I can't think there would have been too many more people expecting more than that this season. And obviously there have been some disastrous yeah. performances. Liverpool obviously severe yeah, yeah. on Thursday. Mostly away from home in yeah, big games. But like, it's, just, the... it's just to be expected, really. It doesn't make it feel any less horrible at the time and I've definitely been quite reactionary on on some of my opinions because of that because it doesn't feel nice to to get beaten and and to perform like that but to like you say from where we were last year it's kind of to be expected and I think it's been a I think it's been a really impressive season like especially if it does end the way we kind of expect it to now I mean for most of the year I've kind of been looking over my shoulder like anxiously like oh if we lose a couple of games we're going to be brought back into that top four fight but like you say if we win on Thursday then it should just be all secure like I can't I can't see it not being really especially with some of the games no that's right and then it's and also the teams below us are crap really crap yeah 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 so yeah win win Thursday should be wrapped up Obviously, you still want to finish the season with momentum because going into the final game of the season is going to be that game against City. Want momentum, actually third place versus fourth place, although you don't have to go into a playoff for the Champions League. It does make quite a bit of difference in the TV pool. It's a nerdy way, but it's it's quite a lot of millions, actually. So, not that the players will care about that particularly, but for just for the development yeah. of the club and also... Just a whole Newcastle back, just one more year before the inevitable <laughs> happens. And so, anyway, all right. I, I think that's this week. I think United are going to win at Spurs. Unfortunately, I think City are going to beat Arsenal because I think Arsenal, the wheels will come off Arsenal's yeah. bus. Yeah, I, I know they had a, showed a bit of character to come back, but their performance was dreadful yeah. the other day against Southampton. Bottom of the league overall. Yeah, Southampton just basically sat on their own goal line for the last twenty <laughs> minutes. The it was you, you, yeah, like I, I, they just needed to push ten yards forward and mm-hmm. then they won that game. All right, thanks everyone. <laughs>